Okay, let's go ahead and let's look at our scripture for our sermon, which can be found up on the screen. That is, of course, hopefully I can find it myself. And this is John 6, 1 through 15. Very famous miracle. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I had a revelation uh, this week. Uh, something has changed that has adjusted the fabric of the universe. The food pyramid has been changed. Indeed, the food pyramid was changed almost a decade ago, and nobody told me about it, and I just discovered it, and my world has been rocked. Because the food pyramid is the basis of, 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 of food. Uh, it's what you grew, it's what I grew up with anyways, you know, six to 11 servings of, of uh, grains and t uh, three to four servings of vegetables and fruits and so forth. Now it's a plate. Uh, I have a picture here. It'll be hard to see online, but it's just a plate, and they don't even give the servings. Uh, they, they, they sort of, just by the size of the plate, you're supposed to know. You know, you've got your vegetables, which is the biggest, your proteins, your fruits, your grains, and your dairy. So Michelle Obama was the one who changed that, and she uh, refused or neglected to communicate with me. So shame on you, Michelle. You know, the truth is, it is, there is a battle to eat the right food in our country. Uh, it is difficult, and it's because our food system is set up for convenience more than nutrition. And so the United States is one of the most overfed and undernourished countries in the world. We have plenty to eat, but because there's not a lot of nutrition in what we eat, uh, we have to eat more and more of it. It's hard to find good food. Well, for much of the world, it's hard to find food at all, right? We are tremendously blessed. And in Jesus' time, the people had to work during the day in order to get paid to have money for food at all. Now, I'm speaking a lot about food. And the reason I'm speaking about food is because Jesus here in this passage speaks of himself as food. Or he shows 
He, Jesus spoke of himself as food in the Bible. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Well, what exactly does that mean? I am the bread of life. See, there's a deep hunger in the human heart for fullness. And Jesus is saying that I am the one who has come to fill the emptiness in the human heart. And so in this passage, by feeding the 5,000, Jesus wants to demonstrate who he is and what he wants to do. And so he uses a real-life example. He doesn't want to just explain that he's the bread of life with words. He wants to show it through acts. And so he does this miracle of feeding 5,000. And indeed, it says 5,000 men. So when you add in women and children, we're talking probably about 10,000 to 15,000 people. Through this miracle, you and I can see who Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life. And we can understand Jesus' person and work through four words that we see in this passage. Chosen, blessed, broken, and given. We're going to look at each one of these words because we see these very things happen in this passage. Number one, chosen. We see a large crowd was following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. And Jesus has all these people who have come to him, you know, 10,000 people, and Jesus feels a responsibility to feed them. It's kind of like when you have people over to your house, you feel a responsibility to give them food. And so Jesus feels a responsibility, and so he tests his disciples. Verse 5, lifting up his eyes, he saw a large crowd coming, and he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he knew himself what he would do. The disciples are incredulous at this comment. How is it possible to feed all of these people? Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for them to get a little. And there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? In other words, the disciples are saying they don't have the capacity to feed this crowd. They don't have the resources within themselves. Now, it's ironic that there's this boy standing here and there's Jesus standing here as well. And they look at the resources of the boy and they look at the resources of Jesus and they choose the boy. Here's five loaves and two fishes, but what is that for so many? Why don't they trust Jesus to be able to do something in this situation? It's because they don't recognize that Jesus is the chosen one. Jesus has been chosen by God to give life to the world. In verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. And this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that comes down, came down from heaven, and if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. See, there's a great hunger in our hearts for the approval of God, to know that he loves us, to know that he cares for us, to know that he accepts us. And Jesus has been sent by God to bring the love of God into our hearts so that we would know in our heart of hearts, that we are loved and accepted by God. 
Jesus has the capacity to satisfy the hearts of every man, woman, and child, just like this 10,000. This feeding is a picture of what Jesus wants to do in your heart and my heart. And you see, because Jesus is the chosen one, he can choose us. See, we want to be chosen. We want to feel like somebody special to God. Deep down in our hearts, all too often, we feel like we're nobodies. In the world's eyes. Am I worthy is the question that we ask. And so Jesus came into the world to choose us. To say you are worthy of my love. You are special. I see you. And I treasure you. When I was on staff with Young Life, I would take kids to camp. And one of the nights at camp, we would do something called 50s night. And 50s night is where they would outfit the diner like in the 50s style of the 50s. And uh, everyone would dress up in a 50s kind of outfit, you know, T-shirts rolled up. And, and we would have told the kids in advance. And we would, we would do this uh, 50s diner night. And uh, one of the things that we would do is during the, the dinner uh, the band would play the song, You Lost That Lovin' Feelin'. And uh, you remember that scene in Top Gun where they start singing this song. Well, uh, the goal was to, to, to sing that, you know, to a girl or someone like that. And I always told my cabin that what I wanted us to do was something really special that would change someone's life. See, normally when you would sing that song, you would find the prettiest girl or, or, or you know, the girl that everybody liked and you would sing it to her. And I said, no, as a cabin, you know, of these 10 guys, what we're going to do is we're going to pick the girl that never gets any attention whatsoever. And we're going to surround her and we're going to sing this song, You Lost That Love and Feeling to Her. And we would go ahead and do that. And this girl who had never received attention would be the center of attention. She would be the chosen one, if you will. And I know that it made such an impact on her to feel chosen. Because we all want to be chosen, don't we? Jesus Christ is the chosen one. And he has enough to feed your heart. He wants to choose you. See, we look to be chosen by things that don't have life at all. But Jesus came into the world to choose us. He said in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never, ever drive away. Are you a Christian? Then you are a chosen one. You're one that God has put his favor and mercy and blessing upon. So live as the chosen one, the one who God loves, the one who God died for, the one who God came to bring the love of God to. Chosen is the first word, but something else happens in this story, and that word is blessed. It says in verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, which means blessed, he'd taken the five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Luke 9, 16 actually uses the word. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and he said a blessing over them takes this kid's sack lunch and he does he gives a blessing over it but what is a blessing a blessing is taking something ordinary and making it extraordinary 
A blessing is taking something common and making it holy. We see Jesus actually doing this in the Last Supper. In Luke twenty-two nineteen, and he took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. The word blessed it or give thanks is Eucharisto. It's comprised of two words, charis, which means grace, and charisto, which means thanksgiving. It's a thanksgiving of grace. It's a consecration. It means to set it aside. And that's exactly what Jesus does with this bread. He blesses it. He sets it aside. He takes what's ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. He speaks over the bread and he transforms it. Now, how can Jesus do this? This is because Jesus is the one who has been blessed by God. He is the blessed one. We see in Luke 3.21, when Jesus was being baptized, as he came out of the water, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. God speaks a blessing over his son. And Jesus is the one who's been sent by God, who has the power to bless people. The word blessing in Latin is benediction, which means a good word. A good word is what we need spoken over us. You know, blessing is a powerful thing. One of the greatest gifts my father gave me was the blessing. And for some reason, we need to receive the blessing from the father. It's the father that's important. And my father blessed me. And the way my father blessed me was in many different ways, little ways, communicated to me, I am proud of you. You are my son and I am pleased with you. And you see, my friends, in the same way, we need the blessing of our Heavenly Father. If we don't receive the blessing of our Heavenly Father, we'll seek for it from somewhere else. But what we most need is that blessing from our Heavenly Father. We need Him to communicate to us, I approve of you. I'm pleased with you. I love you. Without the blessing of God, no other blessing will do. And you see what Jesus does to this bread, he can do for you and me. He gives a blessing. He wants to come to give a blessing to us, to speak the words of God over us. I am proud of you. I see you. I approve of you. One of my favorite stories about blessing is uh, from the man Henry Nouwen. And I don't know if you know Henry Nouwen. He was a Catholic priest. He's passed, but he was a theologian. He taught at Harvard. He taught at Yale. Well, at the latter part of his life, he went to work as the priest in a disabled community of intellectually disabled uh, people. And he tells this story. I would like to tell you a little story about our community. There is one of my friends there who is quite handicapped, but a wonderful, wonderful lady. And she said to me, Henry, can you bless me? I remember walking up to her and giving her a little cross on her forehead. And she said, Henry, it doesn't work. No, that is not what I mean. I was embarrassed, Henry said. I can 
I gave you a blessing, she said. No, I want to be blessed. I kept thinking, what does she mean? We had a little service and all these people were sitting there. And after the service, I said, Janet wants a blessing. I had an albon and a long robe with long sleeves. And Janet walked up to me and said, I want to be blessed. She put her head against my chest and I spontaneously put my arms around her, held her and looked right into her arms and said, blessed are you, Janet. You know how much we love you. You know how important you are. And you know what a good woman you are. She looked at me and said, yes, 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 I know. I suddenly saw all sorts of energy coming back to her. She seemed to be relieved from the feeling of depression because suddenly she realized again that she was blessed. She went back to her place and immediately other people said, I want that kind of blessing too. The people kept walking up to me, and I suddenly found myself embracing people. I remember after that, one of the people in our community who assists the handicap, a strong guy, a football player, said, Henry, can I have a blessing too? And I remember our standing there in front of each other, and I said, John, as I put a hand on his shoulder, you are blessed. You are a good person. God loves you. We love you. You are important. See, my friends, because Jesus is the one blessed by God, he can bring God's blessing to you. Do you long for God's blessing? To know that God sees you and values you and thinks that you're important and loves you and thinks the world of you. Are you tired of going without the blessing? Then come to Jesus He is the only one who can come and bring the blessing of God. Say to Jesus, bless me. And he will take you and wrap his arms around you and give you the favor of God. And his blessing, it continues. It never ends. Because Jesus is the one who came to bring the blessing of God. This brings me to my third word, which is broken. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he broke them, and he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, fish as much as they wanted. Mark 6 actually uses the words, and broke the loaves and gave them to him, gave them to them. See, bread cannot be distributed until it's broken, until it's torn apart, until it's ripped apart, then it can be given. It's the same truth spiritually. Jesus said in John 12, 24, Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, Jesus is saying that grain of wheat, it needs to fall to the earth and it needs to die. But if it dies, it blossoms forth and gives much wheat to be harvested. It's the same way with Jesus. Jesus came, the chosen one, to be blessed and to be broken for us. Jesus said in John 6, 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. It's Jesus' body broken on that cross 
which is able to give life to the world. In Mark 8.31, Jesus began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. See, Peter is saying, surely there is another way, Jesus, than you giving your life in order that we might have life. But you see, there is no other way. We want a clean and shiny Jesus. But Jesus is offered to us as a broken Jesus. And we must embrace a broken Jesus. But why, you may ask, why must he be broken? The answer is because we are broken. It's because of sin. The sin that all of us have in our hearts. The wages of sin is death, it says. We're all broken by sin. We all have been shattered and we can't unbreak ourselves. Because we are broken, the only way we can be made whole is for him to break instead of us. It's him who puts us back together. But he was pierced for our transgressions, Isaiah says. And he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Do you see, my friends, that you are broken? We try to fix ourselves. If only we have enough money. If only we have enough self-esteem. Enough approval of others. Enough accomplishments. Then we can be made whole. But we cannot. There's only one who can put us together. Jesus was broken so that you and I might be made whole. So take your pieces to Jesus and tell him, fix me, for he can unbreak us and make us whole again. He can bring peace with God. He can bring peace within ourselves. Jesus is chosen. Jesus is blessed. Jesus is broken, and Jesus is given. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And it was given and given out so much that in verse 12, we see when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples to gather up the leftovers that nothing may be lost. And they gathered up 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves. Imagine the perspective of the disciples as they're there at the epicenter and Jesus continues to reach into the basket and bread continues to appear and fish. Imagine the astonishment of the boy who came that day with his small lunch and sees it being uh, distributed to 10,000 people. Imagine the crowd who is accustomed to scarcity, seeing that there's another helping and another helping until they're so satiated and full that they can't bear to eat anymore, and still it comes. See, God's grace never runs out. His blessing, his favor, his forgiveness, 
Surely there is a time when it'll stop, we say. When I sin, when I doubt, when I despair. But the answer is God's grace continues on and on again. Romans 5, 15 put it this way, but the free gift of grace is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. I enjoy going to visit my in-laws who live in Boone's Mill, Virginia, Lee Ellen's parents. And they, uh, they have this property out in the mountains. And in the, in the mountains, uh, if you go hiking a little bit, there's this stream. It's, it's kind of like a, a sloping waterfall, if you will. And there's water always running down. And if I was to go down to the bottom of that stream, that waterfall as it runs down and take a cup and fill it up, guess what? Another would replace it because the stream continues to run and there's no way that I can actually capture all of the water. I put a cup and I pull it out and there's another uh, water there that I can take another cup and so on and so on and so on. See, as the supply of the bread and fish was inexhaustible, what Jesus is saying is my grace is inexhaustible for you. So we must come to God hungry and thirsty for grace. We don't need to be polite, nor to ask for small portions, but rather we can ask for his blessing again and again and again. And we can live out of the fullness of the blessing that we receive from Jesus Christ, his favor, the favor and love of God. So much so, our hearts can be so full of the grace of God that we can help give life to the world. For people are desperate and hungry for love and grace, and they don't know where to find it. See, all Christianity is in the end. It was one beggar saying to another, I know where the bread is. Well, I must conclude with this thought. That Jesus is the one who was chosen so he could choose you and me. Jesus is the one who is blessed, so he could bless you and me. Jesus is the one who was broken, so that he might make us whole. And Jesus is the one who was given, so that we might have life in his name. This is who Jesus is for you and for me, for all who would believe and call on him by faith. See, this gift must be received. We must take the bread and eat. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and him with me. Do you want the blessing of God? Do you want the favor of God? Do you want to be chosen by God? My friends, the day is now. All of these things is what Jesus wants to do in your life and will do in perpetuity for those who simply come to him and say, bless me, bless me. Let that be you today and let you revel and rest in the blessing of Jesus Christ. For he is the one who has come to give life to the world.
Let us pray. Oh, what a picture. Jesus, how you fed 10,000, and still there was more left over. Your grace is inexhaustible, and it never runs out. So let us taste and see that the Lord is good for all of those who hunger after him. Let us drink and be filled from the living well and never thirst again. We thank you that you are that for us, for you are the chosen, blessed, broken, and given one. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.